Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. We are continuing that series, the purpose statements of the church is four purpose statements. Uh, we are on number four. We've covered one, two, and three already. Uh, one being no God, two being find freedom, three being discover purpose. All right. Today, uh, just like yesterday, we're in the, the fourth one. The fourth one is simply uh, make a difference. Make a difference. So what I talked about last week was the church before a watching world. And yes, they are watching. And I, last week, I talked specifically about the corporate church, the big church. Okay. Today, I want to talk about the church but I want to talk about the individual church, about you and me, okay? I want you to think about the world, the church, before a watching world, all right? I want to ask you a series of questions. There's going to be a lot of questions today, but here's where we want to start. Do you or do I believe in the sovereignty of God? Now, I know we're in church, and I know you love me. You want to give me a church answer. But do you really believe in the sovereignty of God? Really believe in the sovereignty of God. There's no limit to God's rule. He is sovereign over the whole world. All right, simply put, God is in control. God is in control. That's the sovereignty of God, is God is in control. Even when it doesn't look like he's in control, even when I may not be convinced that he's a sovereign God, does not change who God is. God is a sovereign God, a sovereign God. Psalm 37, 23 says these words, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. If you have an NIV Bible, simply says the Lord makes firm the steps. A New Living Translation says the Lord directs the steps. If you believe that word, and it's true, it's in the Bible, you believe it, he's a sovereign God, that means no matter where your feet land, God allowed it. God directed them, good or bad. You say, well, preacher, you don't understand, man. My feet land in some bad spots sometimes. Listen to me. Whether you are following God or not following God, there is never a moment that your feet aren't somewhere that God doesn't know where you're at. I've heard stories after stories of men and women in this church that said, Pastor, I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't care about God. I wasn't even acknowledging God. But I found myself in some bad spots, and God covered me, 
and his sovereignty brought me home. I heard, Paxton said it before, he was an addict. He was as far from God as he could be, but still heard God say, I still love you. I still love you. That's a sovereign God who chases you when you're not even trying to find God. Some of you in here today, you're basically being set up by God. Don't, don't think that's a bad thing. That's a good thing, all right? You just got to acknowledge that he's setting you up. He's been chasing your rear. He's been chasing you and chasing you and chasing you, and he's going to win, so you ought to just go ahead and stop, turn around, and say, I love you, Jesus, all right? Because he's going he's to catch you, all right? You, you can't move away from God. You can't, you can't relocate from God. You can't go anywhere that he's at. He's, he's such a, a great God. We like pack up, move up. We're tired. We travel, and we get off the car, get out of the car, and God's like, what took you so long? We're like, dad gum. I thought I was running away from that sucker. He ain't, you ain't going to run away from him. He's a sovereign God. He's all over you. All right. He's like white on rice, my friend. I'm telling you, he's all over you. All right. So James 1, James 1, 1 says this, James, a bondservant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Now, let me help you with something. 12 tribes scattered. Now, 12 tribes scattered. You think all 12 of those tribes are having a time in their life? You think all the people in those tribes are like, dude, we got the best location in the world. Dude, we got the greatest location. Could we have not got a better location? Some of them are like, seriously, does the wind ever stop? Why do I live here? Why do I live here? I mean, I mean, yesterday is one of those days like, oh, no, God, I'm just telling you, I know your will is really special, but mm, I think I want to be out of it for a second. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I tell Dr. Dave, those days like yesterday, that's population control. You know what I mean? I mean, if that wind wasn't blowing like that, we'd be two million people in Amarillo. I don't even want to imagine Sancy in that situation. All right? I'm just saying, man, thank the Lord. All right? so, so listen to me. All 12 of those tribes are not having a time of their life. Let me, let me, let me tell you what it sounded like. Here, the God, here James says, I, boys, listen to me. I, I want to talk to you, all you that are scattered, and, 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 you, and you wait till the end of that. He says, all the, all the tribes scattered among the nations. I'm thinking they're waiting going, yeah, is the bus coming? Oh, 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 is it? I mean, oh, is the bus? I can't wait for him to say, is the bus? Where is the bus located? Where's it going to be? Is it going to be? I, I just can't wait. Here's what he says. To the 12 tribes scattered abroad. Greetings. <laughs> Greetings? Seriously? Do you not know where I'm at? Do you not know where I'm at? Uh, I don't like anything about where I'm at. I don't like anything about greetings. You greet yourself. I'm not happy with greetings. And then he goes on to say, count it all joy, brothers, when you face trials of many kind. You're my trial. I mean, why am I here? I don't want to be here. I don't like any of this. I don't like my job. I don't like the situation. I don't like the location. I don't like any of this. I wouldn't have voted for any of this. But you find yourself there. You can't wait for God to address you because you think he's going to tell you what's next. 
You know what he says? Greetings. Greetings. You killing my worship guy. <laughs> Greetings. I'm trying here. You don't like it. You, you've been there. You, all of us have been there. You've been in situations. You've been in circumstances. You find yourself. Things come knocking on your door, and you're like, I didn't invite this. Well, it's here. And you, and you want it to go away. You want to go away. You want, you want to manipulate stuff and, and, and come up with reasons why you need to get away because you don't like any of it. And God says, you're scattered. You're scattered. I, I'm doing something. I'm doing something. So here's a question. I have several questions today. Number one is this. Is the church being the church even when it's not at church? Watch out. Is the church, now what, what am I not talking about today? I'm not talking about the corporate church. I'm talking about the little church. Jesus said, I'm coming back to get the church. He's coming back to get you and me. He's not taking this building, all right? He's come back to get you and me. So we're the church. We come together, we make up the church at Bush and the corporate church. But we're the church, right? Is the church having church when it's not at church? Some of you are like, I've never in my life asked myself that question. That's the problem. See, y'all think you can't have church unless you're at church. You don't, need, you don't need me in packs. You're better off without me in packs, all right? You don't need us to have church. You, here's what makes up church. We gather together, and the presence of the Lord's here. That's all you need. Presence of the Lord's here means Holy Spirit's here. It means Holy Spirit's talking, saying things, teaching, doing stuff. Outside the walls of this church, are you having church? He said, you don't have my job, dude. I'm telling you, my job, terrible. Okay. Kind of like the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Can't wait for the bus to pull up. Oh, greetings. <laughs> greetings. All right. It's not what I'm looking for here. Wherever you are, he's a sovereign God. Wherever your feet step have been ordained. If you're feet have been ordained, and he's a sovereign God, then you as the church need to understand that you need to have church even when you're not at church. If you'll start having church when you're not at church, it'll change everything. Change everything. Do I ever have church when I'm not at church? We have a problem. I've been doing ministry since 88. It's pretty much 30 years, all right? We have a problem today. Church is changing. But the church today is going to make its greatest impact going forward outside the walls of the church. It is. So here's a deal. If we have a problem and a disease and a parasite that's not allowing us to have church outside the walls of the church, when's the lost world, when's the field white to harvest going to come to Christ? When are they going to see the touchable, feelable, 
feeling church of Jesus? When are they going to hear and see the real authentic Jesus displayed in front of them? Listen to me. The people around you are not reading this Bible. They're reading you. They're reading you. You're James and you're John. You're Acts and you're Romans. You're 1 Corinthians. You're 2 Corinthians. You're Exodus and you're Genesis. And they're reading you. They're watching you. They're watching you. When I look at the church today, when I look at people today, we have, we have a problem. And I, I don't want to say it's a problem. I want to say it's more like a disease. We have become a people of departmentalized living. We have people who are living a life departmentalized. We build an app for our lives. We hate our phones. They drive us crazy, but then we, we, our, our lives look like our phones. We have apps and that we have people groups in these apps. We have our church people and our work people. We have our neighborhood people. We have our uh, sports, our kids' sports friends. We have our kids that are in our class, their, their parents, their friends. We have our little bitty world just mapped out in these little bitty apps, and we just bing bong through each one of them all the time. And what we have done is we've made people like vending machines. We walk up to vending machines and we push numbers, K6 or K8 or O1, and we drop a, 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 you know, a, a honey bun or a snicker or a Twix, and we snack on it. And what we do is we get what we need out of our people, groups, and then we dismiss them. Don't need them anymore. Listen, the only reason I talk to you in the break room is because I work with you. I don't like you. And you touch my leftovers in the refrigerator, have my name on them, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> That's how we treat people at work. You don't really like them. You might love them if you just had a quiet time. All right? But most of the time, you don't even love them. You just kind of like them. The people in your sports team or with your kids' sports that you chase all over the country, yeah, you have a relationship with them. You do in life with them, but you really only do it for a season. The people at church, same kind of way. Maybe your life group. Maybe, maybe it's kids in your, in, your, in your student's class. But let me, let me ask you something. When was the last time you saw the people in your life the way Jesus sees them? When have you ever saw that group of people? Maybe you're, at a, maybe you're in Albuquerque at a volleyball match and you're sitting in the stands and all these parents have driven and left after work and rearranged schedules and you guys got eight games in two days and it's crazy and you're sitting in those stands and something just nudges you and says, last week we were in Denver. She came with him. And this week he came by himself. He, she might be working but it doesn't look like to me that she's maybe at work. So something just nudges you in your spirit. And in between games, you just walk up to him and say, hey, man, doing good, man? Good trip over? Notice your wife didn't make it this week? 
And all of a sudden, boy, you're like, rut row. And in the next two hours, he spills his guts that their marriage is on life support. And the only thing they're doing, man, is doing life, and they're chasing so much stuff, they don't even know each other's names. And all of a sudden, they look up, and they ain't got nothing. Their, wa- their boat's taking on water, and it got so many holes, they're running out of stuff to patch it. And the reason she's not with him this weekend is because she can't do this no more. She's tired of faking it. She's tired of pretending. She's trying to put, trying to put that face on. She's done. See, you got to understand something. We are the church, and we're moving. He's moving. The Spirit is moving. And these people you're doing life with are divinely put in your life, divinely put in your life by a sovereign God. They're put there for you to minister into them and for them to minister into you. And we're not seeing it the way God wants it to be seen. And if we don't wake up as a church, we're going to miss all the people God brought to church. See, we think that we're only supposed to have a welcome time and, and really be friendly and love people that come into the church. Listen to me. Some churches don't even do it then. I tell some churches, listen to me. Y'all shouldn't do your welcome time. Well, we love our welcome time. It is the worst commercial you ever do because all you do is talk to each other. And y'all were just in class with each other. You don't talk to everybody. If you can't make them feel welcome, don't welcome them. If all you're going to talk to yourself, don't talk to them. You've got to get out of your little app world that you built. And you've got to understand that people aren't to be used. They are supposed to be lived. In. They're supposed to be given life from you. You've got to take the tangible Jesus to them. We're not seeing people like the church. We're seeing them as objects. Listen to me. I don't know what work looks like for you. I don't know who you like and don't like. I don't know if it's good or bad. But I'm going to tell you right now, you are put where you've been put for such a time as this. And the reason you've been put there is not to draw a salary, check a box, swap a card, and get a check. It's to be the greatest mission field and the greatest example of Christ. It is to open your eyes and see people that are brought in your life for such a time as this, and you are to bloom right where God puts you. Some of y'all are not blooming. You're not blooming. Some of my greatest times in church are not in church. That's the truth, man. I have said at restaurants, coffee shops, a lot of different places and had better church than I've ever had on a Sunday morning. Man, I'm telling you right now, you, we've got to, as a church, open our eyes to the church. This is not the church. This is a building. There's a church out there. Jesus said the fields are white to harvest. We got to open our eyes and see the church. Right now, do you see your church? Really see your church. 
Do you really see your church? Some of you guys are in airports every week. Every week in airports. What I see in airports is alarming. And I'm not talking about the people. What I see in airports is a whole bunch of earth people in their little earth suits looking at a pad. And they don't see anybody in that airport. They see a seat, a gate, and a plane. And they see chop, chop, don't make my schedule any worse than it is, and pray to God that everybody gets on that plane that's supposed to get on. And if there's a crying baby, I'm going to blow up. All right? you got to look around that airport, and I want you to know, man, there's a church walking around in there, and you got to open your eyes to see that field that is white to harvest. And some of us have got to understand that some of the greatest church services you will ever be at will not be at church. And it's time to go have church. It's time to let God use you to let the Holy Spirit lead you, to help the Holy Spirit let you see something that you wouldn't see in the natural, but you can see in the spirit. And you got to start being the Jesus that God has planted where he puts you. If he's a sovereign God and all your steps have been ordained, are you missing all your ordained steps? You're not there by accident. You're not there. A great passage of scripture, Matthew 16, 19. Listen to this. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Mm. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Can I tell you some good news? I got a key. Say it, church. I got a key. You got a key. Turn to your neighbor and say, I got a key. I got a key. Listen to me. You can either lock heaven or you can unlock heaven. What are you doing? How are you using your key? It's been entrusted to you from the king. He says, man, you can lose heaven and heaven can come down and glory fill my soul. Heaven can come down. Everywhere I go, heaven can come down. I can be in an airport and heaven can come down. I can be in church and heaven can come down. How many times have you walked in those doors and you said, as soon as I walk in, I'm about to unlock heaven and we're going to call heaven down right here. Some of y'all come in here, and you're like, I ain't calling no heaven down. Hey, baby, glad I'm here. <laughs> Man, you're cheating yourself. You know what I do in my life? My wife says it every day. I got to loosen heaven. I got I to turn the key. I want heaven to come down. Everywhere I go, I'm telling you, pack a sack, Home Depot, it don't matter where I go. When I walk in as a king's kid, heaven goes with me. And I can, I can loose on earth and loose in heaven, or I can bind it, man. And I bind it myself. I bind it when I don't see it. I bind it with my eyes. I bind it with my attitude. I bind it with my speech. I bind it with my belief. I bind it with my faith or lack thereof. I can bind it 
or I can loose it. You got to understand, man, you hold the power of heaven in your hands. You've been entrusted with a key and you can unloose it if you want to. Every single time. Think about your life. Think about where God puts you. Think about all the people around you. Wouldn't you love for heaven to come down? Hmm, that'd be sweet. That'd be sweet. Some of you in this room are like, I need heaven to come down right now in my marriage. Then turn your key. Turn your stinking key. Quit all the grappling. Quit all the complaining. Quit all the junk about, I don't believe he can do it. It's too big. It's a mess. I'm tired. I'm this. Well, fine. Just get enough energy to turn that key one time. Turn it and loose it. And say, heaven, come down. You all we got. You got to come now. What are you? What are you doing with the heaven that's around you? Are you binding heaven from coming down? Or are you loosening it? Let heaven come down. Many times in my life, I've had times where I knew that I knew that I knew that I saw what I wanted the, the Father wanted me to see. And there's been many times I haven't seen it until after the fact. Every day, I pray that no matter where my feet land, that I see what the Father wants me to see. I hear what the Father wants me to hear, and I react to what the Father wants me to react to. And folks, I'm telling you right now, if you will open your eyes and look at the harvest and realize that what you're sitting on is a mission field, and all around you are the steps ordained by God, and they're not stepping without God's step, Okay, they're not stepping outside of God. You're not stepping out of God. So listen to me. If you will just loose, if you'll turn your key and loose heaven on earth, he will come down. And I can promise you this. If you feel the urge and you feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit of God to go speak a word, say a prayer, encourage someone, just be a friend and speak in their life. I promise you, if you'll start doing that, it will be the greatest buffet you ever sit at. Because once you taste and see that the Lord is good, you will keep, keep doing it. And it will become something that just, I mean, it overwhelms you, man. Overwhelms you. So today, I want you to take your key in your own personal life, in your marriage, in your family, and wherever God puts you, and I want you to turn and open heaven. And I want you to let the glory of the Lord come down on your life. Come down. As we move to a time of uh, ministry time, ministry time is simply this. It's a chance for us to minister to you. You may need to come this morning for prayer. Man, we want to love to pray for you. You may want to come to the altar. All right? You may be here this morning, you're saying, God, I need a church home. And, and, and as you sit in worship and through the message, you just know that this is where God's put you. And you want to come and be a part of this church. You come this morning. But we're going to stand and we're going to continue to worship. And I want you, as you stand, if you haven't already done it, I want you to take your key and unlock heaven. And let heaven come down. Let him come down. Let it come down. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. And God, thank you.
Thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. And God, I pray right now that whatever your Holy Spirit has said to me, to you today, God, that that's what we do. What did God say? And God, that the Holy Spirit would be the only thing that we listen to right now. And God, we would come and do whatever the Holy Spirit says for us to do. God, may we truly take our key and turn our lock and unlock heaven and let the glory of the Lord come down in our lives. God, may we see ourselves as you see us and may we see all around us all of heaven that you have opened to us. God, we love you. Move us now, not for our glory, but for your glory. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.